Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hello, everyone. My name is Katherine Potter, and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. Each week we explore topics that support the idea that everything is interconnected and in relationship. Today we are going to look at how a person's artistic expression, whether it be a passionate hobby or career, can lead to greater self-awareness and knowledge. There are many untold stories and talents that sit beneath a person's conscious awareness. Art, whether it be expressed visually, musically, verbally, through movement or crafted, gives a person an opportunity to bridge the conscious and unconscious mind and give life to inner stories and archetypal energies. Today's guest is photographer Rebecca Lipiat, who refers to her work as visual storytelling. I first met Rebecca when I went to her to get a photo done and became intrigued by her ability to create a relaxed environment. As we continue to chat, I thought there is more here than meets the eye. And so let's talk to Rebecca and find out what she has to say about life through the eyes of a camera. Welcome, Rebecca. It's good to have you here. Thank you, Catherine. It's good to be here. All right. So I love that you call your, um, you refer to your work as visual storytelling. That gives me a different picture of photography. So first off, let's get a little background on you. Um, How did you become a photographer? Um, I think I wanted always to become a photographer. I originally had wanted to, or my my dream job, and still is my dream job, is to work for National Geographic and to do a story for National Geographic. I grew up reading National Geographic and looking at the pictures and the storytelling, and I can still remember a lot of those articles from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and I loved it so much, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, I got my first camera when I was 12 years old, Hmm. and it was a Discman camera. I don't know if any of you will remember that, but they weren't on the market for very long. And I used to take pictures of odd things like flower bushes and my bed, and and people would say, "What what are you doing? Why are you taking that picture? But I look at those pictures, and I can still remember what I was doing at the time. Uh, Then later... When I, I, I waited tables as an adult after I'd finished high school, and I wanted to go back to school, and I wanted to go into photojournalism, and I called a photojournalist from the Edmonton Journal, where we live in Edmonton, and asked him how I went, would go about that, because I had no idea how to do that, and he said, well, do you want to make good money? And I said, well, yes, of course I do, <laughs> and, and, I, and he said, go into science. So then uh, I went and got a degree in microbiology. <laughs> so I have a degree in microbiology. Totally and related to your work. Completely. <laughs> um, and then I had, and so then I finished my degree and then I paid, worked and paid off my degree. And then when my children were born, I really wanted to stay home with them. I had just recently gotten divorced and I didn't want to go to a job I wasn't particularly passionate about and leave my children for nine hours a day in daycare and a friend suggested doing photography and I thought that's a great idea 
So while I was still on maternity leave, I started a photography business, and that was 13 years ago. Um, so it's just kept growing from them. Wow. So I, I love it. Um, so a, not midlife, because you're not that old when you switched, <laughs> but a, a second career. Yes. A second career. Yes. So um, you do, and I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, you do commercial photography like headshots yes. and weddings, and, um, and then you also do... I'm going to say it in this way. You may refer to it differently. What I call, uh, what I would think of as art photography, yes. which we'll get into a little bit more mm-hmm. as we go. But, you know, one of the things I noticed um, when I went to you, you know, I'm not somebody who likes getting their picture taken. And I think a lot of people don't. Very few uh, people uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I figured there's got to be someone who goes, yay, photos. There's a couple, maybe one in 20. (laughs) Yeah. And yet what I loved about being with you is you created such a really relaxed environment. And and I was just chit-chatting with you, and after a while, you know, you kind of forget the camera is here. So do you have a... um, so that was for a headshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you have a process you go through before you meet with a client? Do you, you know, what, what's your routine? How do you make it so enjoyable is what I'm asking. <laughs> well, that's really good. That's great to hear. I'm glad it's so enjoyable. Um, I, get, I actually get a lot of clients who tell me it is actually quite an enjoyable experience. And I know for myself, I don't particularly enjoy having my picture taken. My husband is also a photographer, and I always tease him, and it takes terrible pictures of me. <laughs> They're not all terrible. Um, but I, so I know what it's like to be in front of the camera and I know what it's like to feel uncomfortable in front of the camera. And I also know what it's like to look at a picture where perhaps it's a candid picture that was taken of you and you think, oh God, I look so terrible. And and I never want people to feel that way after they're in front of my camera I want them to look at their photographs and I want them to think oh I look so great I look really really good and so part of my process especially in particular with headshots and even with weddings and with families I do sort of the same kind of thing is I spend time with my clients beforehand Mm -hmm. and um I get to know them. I get to know what their businesses are. I get to know what their favorite color is. I get to know what kind of branding they use. I get to know what kind of, um, what they plan to do with their photographs because people have different purposes for their photographs. Sometimes people don't quite know what they want to do with their photographs, um, but but often they do. They'll want like a photograph for LinkedIn or they have to do, they're doing a particular project where they need their photos. And so I really... I kind of I take a whole bunch of information from my clients first before before we even often before we even meet face to face. It's usually on the phone, and then I have sort of this creative process that happens in the back of my head, and I just take all this information and the inform- and then it just sits in the back of my head. And about three days later, I'll say, "Oh, I know exactly what we're doing. This is where mm. we're going to go. This is the kind of photography I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to light it. This is." Uh, what we'll do and then the client will either come to me as in the case of headshots or um, with families or wedding photography I always do engagement photography first which is mostly to meet the client and make them feel comfortable in front of the camera so they don't feel like a deer in the headlights in on the day of their wedding I really want them to feel very comfortable and comfortable having me there and then usually the first half hour of our session is talking and just getting 
people to relax and getting people to feel safe and to know that I have their best interests at heart and that I want them to have a really good experience. And I think that's the kind of energy I project to people. That's what I, I want for them. And I think that's what people feel. So by the time that I actually put my camera up in front of my face to take a picture of them, they're feeling relaxed and they feel they feel safe in front of the camera. And sometimes when I lift my camera, people sort of pull back because they don't like having their picture taken. But then I lower my camera and I look them in the eye and I'm like, it's just me. It's mm. just me and you. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, good. And then they relax again. So when I take pictures like that, and I also have to pose people sometimes. I don't do a lot of posing. Headshots, I do more posing. I, so I can get sort of the best, the best side of them. Because mm-hmm. if you sit up straight and you know, and you have your and you have your back straight and you you know you have your chin out a little bit, you know you don't have a double chin and your shoulders aren't slumped and you feel good and you feel happy, and then your pictures look great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I felt, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, yes. You know, pretty relaxed and just chit chatty, and I mean, because the bottom line is, I think everybody just. Well, I shouldn't speak for everyone. We just want our everyday face to show up. Yes. And I've noticed that sometimes when people have just taken a picture of me while I'm teaching, I look way better than posed, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't know. It's my everyday face. So, yeah, that's really great. But you, you also um, do nature shots, don't you? Yes, I, I do some. And I, I hadn't done a lot for a long time because when you start doing what you're passionate about as a career – Sometimes you don't want to pick up your camera for fun anymore. I mean, I'm sure, and I'm sure it's the same for other kind of artists, whether you're a painter or a musician or um, anything like that. So sometimes I just don't even take my camera with me. But there's been I there's been a few occasions where I have taken my camera. For example, I was at a family. We have a family birthday in July. Um, at the end of the day, there was a this huge storm rolling in. And, and it was actually at a point in my career where I was kind of deciding, do I want to continue being a photographer or should I go and get sort of a quote unquote real job and which pays a little bit better. And, and sort of that was sort of things were happening in the background. It wasn't what I was thinking about at all. Um, and then the storm was rolling in and I was like, wow, that's great. It's perfectly positioned. So I ran out to the pasture with my camera. Um, I put on my wide angle lens wasn't even paying attention to what my children were doing and I'm sure I stepped in a couple cow poops on the way and then I'm trying to take a picture of the storm and it's this beautiful it's called a mother cell it's like this very round storm cell it's beautiful and I had a perfect view of it but then I was like I need to get up a little bit higher so I climbed up on the tractor so I'm standing on the roof of the tractor taking a picture of this storm and I'm completely in the flow like the 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 sort of energy that was going through me as I was taking my picture I wasn't thinking about anything else all I was thinking of is this is beautiful and I want to get this on film and and it was completely in the flow and it was and it was such a it was and the I mean the energy of the storm was going through with me and it was like it was it was it was one of those moments where it was like, this is exactly where I'm meant to be. And this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And God, the universe, whatever energy is in me and I'm creating. And this is what I was created for. And it was so beautiful. And then at some point I heard 
I think one of my kids saying, Mom, get off the tractor. There's lightning. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. It's okay. There's rubber tires. And they're like, no, you have to be in the tractor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. <laughs> so I got a few more pictures. And then by that time, the storm was, storm was almost literally overhead and ran back in the house and, and, and got, you know, and, and, was was pouring as we were running back in the house and like poop all over my shoes and it's but it's fine because I got this picture and you were feeling and joy I was like, and I was happy so, and so I love it yes great yes oh so amazing. now as you were talking I thought that would have been a cool picture if I had been there I would have wanted to take a picture of you okay. taking the picture <laughs> So we are about to go to break, and um, when we come back, Rebecca is going to talk to us about the artistic um, form of photography and how some of it came out of a healing journey, correct? Yes. All right. So everybody stay tuned. When we come back, we'll be talking to Rebecca Lippiat, photographer. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Catherine. I'm talking to photographer Rebecca Lipiat, and she was telling us about her journey of becoming a photographer and um, she does both what do you call it commercial Commercial, photography commercial photography and she has these amazing art uh, pieces and you've had a show you've had more than one showing or you've had a showing at a gallery yes yeah I've had had several showings um, in Edmonton 
Um, the last show that I did was called Because of Her I Am, and it was for the Skirts of Fire Festival, um, which is a feminist art festival that's held every year in March in Edmonton. And I was one of the um, visual artists. Very nice. Huh, yay. Yes. Yeah, that, great. it's a great gallery. And so um, how did the more artistic part of your photography come about? So everything you do is artistic, yes. and I recognize that. I'm just <laughs> so that the, uh, you know, before we go any further, I'm going to mention at the end of the show your website and your blog. I thought mm-hmm. your blog, all your blogs were really great, and you have some of those pictures mm-hmm. on there, and your story yes. um, was really compelling. And uh what got you into doing more of that type of photography? I've always believed that art is very healing. And I've, I've used um, like drawing and painting as a, as a healing form of art. And I'm not, I can't sort of point, pinpoint exactly how the photography came to be. But I think my medium, and I don't think it really matters what your medium is as an artist. It could be music, it could be photography, it could be drawing, it could be painting, it could be oil painting, it could be Dance. building yeah. things. It could yeah. be, and so I don't really think that that matters so much. It's just the the act of creating, and I've always believed that the act of creating is very healing. It's a very healing thing. Um, I had done some more artistic photography, maybe about seven or eight years ago. Um, which which was quite interesting, and it was sort of self portraits, but it was more it was more about me as a child. So I actually used a model for mm. for those photographs, and then recently I had um, in last year I had breast cancer, and through having breast cancer, I needed to heal it internally and emotionally and one of the things that happened while I had breast cancer is I had an infection in my incision and the incision had actually opened up and when it opened up I looked down and and it was like I could see into the heart of myself um, looking Mm. through that incision because it was on my breast obviously and it was like seeing into the heart of myself and I immediately got this flash of me a self-portrait basically of myself along the lines of a sacred heart picture and there's sacred heart um the sacred heart of the blessed mother and there's sacred heart of jesus pictures and i believe that there's are probably um of the various saints but that was what flashed through my head in that moment and and an almost complete picture like the the all the elements of it were were very complete and then and then I was spent the time healing through the summer and I had obviously a little bit more time on my hands than I normally had, which allowed for the artistic process to sort of, um, you know, happen in the back of my head. And, and then I was also faced with potentially getting chemotherapy and which I ended up not having, but I had to sort of face that choice. And through through this whole sort of healing process and the surgery and the healing and the radiation and all that, I really I really wanted to partly it was to document it and partly it was to heal it and it was just an artistic process. And so by the time I had actually photo like actually got around to photographing the pictures, which happened I believe in March. So it was almost 
it was almost a year and a half after, or it was almost nine months, sorry, after I had initially sort of had the pictures in my head. Several, there's six pictures in the series, and three of them were complete flashes that I had had in my head. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was almost like my brain was taking a picture. And the first picture in the series actually was, came out of a hypnotherapy session 25 years ago. Um, and in the picture, in one hand, I'm holding a heart, and in the other hand, I'm holding a skull. And in this hypnotherapy session 25 years ago, that was exactly what I saw, although it was a brain, but I couldn't get a brain to actually take a picture of, so I used a, <laughs> I used a skull instead, but it is an actual heart. It's a deer heart. Um, and and in that, in that moment, in the hypnotherapy session, it was about, at that point in, in my life, it was about me choosing to live from a head-centered perspective or from a heart-centered perspective. And I chose to live through the heart-centered pers- perspective. And I did, that was at the time I was actually in university and I was finishing my degree. So I did finish my degree, even though at that point I knew I didn't really want or need to pursue that degree because I had chosen the heart-centered perspective. And so that picture came to me almost immediately, like like in that moment. And it was so, when I actually took the photograph, it was fascinating because it was exactly what I had seen 25 years earlier. Hmm. And it and like the, the color dress that I was wearing and the way I was standing and my hair and everything was exactly what I had seen. And, and so that's really fascinating to me that... That makes me feel like art is really sometimes you're channeling. You're not, it's maybe I created it and you could say I could potentially create it, but it's also like, like it's the energy of the universe moving through me and I'm just sort of the means to actually, you know, put it into a visual form. Wow. So, um, very powerful, very powerful to work with hypnotherapy in that way. It's a field that I'm quite familiar with. And, uh, and, you know, one of the things, we'll come back to the story, but, you know, what I'm hearing you uh, talk about is that, you know, in order to become integrated within ourselves, it's like every previous version of us needs yes. to be integrated. Very much. And often, you know, people think about pushing away. In order to get what they want, they're pushing away. No. And that's never yes. going to work because no. there has to be integration. Yes. But, um Again, I think art is such a, an amazing medium mm-hmm. to get in touch with the stories that mm-hmm. live within us and the archetypal energies. And yes. that's what I'm hearing you yes. do. So was that the first time you were your own model? You said you had a child who, who you did uh, yes. work with for your younger version. Yes. But was that the first time? Yes. that was Yeah. And it was all self-portraits. Which was in this series, it was all self-portraits, and I'd never—I mean, I had done sort of headshots for social media or for my blog before that I needed—I needed a headshot for. But for the most part, I had never actually used myself as a model, and sort of the way I create with other people, like when I'm doing headshots for them, I had never done that for myself. And for other people, it's often for business or for you know for something in their life that they're doing that is you know sort of out there in the world. And for myself, it was very much an interior bringing out my interior world into a visual form for people to see. So on so many levels, um, I would think that was both challenging and rewarding. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, I'm uh, a little bit blown away because I don't know your field, but I can imagine exposing oneself in that way. And I think when we bring the most hidden parts of us to the um, to the eye, yes. right? It takes great courage. It takes risk and mm-hmm. courage, but a willingness to be seen. Yes. Right. Yes. So just on a technical level Mm -hmm. that must be really challenging to is it not to use yourself as the model like uh it wasn't it wasn't now I am very fortunate that my husband is also a photographer so he actually pressed the shutter like he's so I didn't have to I could have done it on my own I put I could have put the camera on on a on a tripod and and you know had a remote but it's but it's obviously easier to work with a person and say no move up move down no the light here light there so I had I had directed everything in that photograph and he just kind of he just pressed the shutter for me so that made it a little he was bit your easier. assistant yes. how how, yes. how great and yes. brilliant yeah. yeah and then it's easy to talk to him because he understands the technical language as well and so so you you took these mm-hmm. pictures they unfolded and we're going to get even more into your story because you talk about something interesting about uh an inherited family pattern. Um, but you took these and then decided to let them be seen. So it's so yes. not just, <laughs> so I, you didn't say that, but I'm thinking, wow. Yes. <laughs> so another leap of um, willingness, in, in yes. willingness to allow yourself to be seen and the beauty of that, even though it was something really challenging yes, and hard, it was right? very challenging and incredibly vulnerable. And I had so I had printed the pictures and blown them up to I think the smallest one is about a sixteen by twenty, and the largest is about two and a half, three by three and a half, three and a half three. So they're quite large, and they're framed in gold frame. And um, my best friend was curating the show that I talked about earlier because of her. I am, and she said well, why don't you, why don't you do some of these? And so she was actually sort of the one who pushed me to, to, and gave me a deadline to actually do the work, which was wonderful. And, and then, so when I hung them at the show and brought them into the show, it was incredibly vulnerable because she hadn't seen them before. And I was a friends, sort of casual friends with some of the other artists. And I'm bringing in these ginormous photographs of myself and they're all of myself and they're big and they're gold framed and and it's like here's my pictures yeah. <laughs> and but they were so well received like people were people were incredibly kind about them and and didn't and looked at them as art pieces not just as self portraits yes. which was interesting because there was there was sort of that separation between um, like for me it was very <clears throat> excuse me it was very much a this is a picture of my interior life. And so some people def- people feel the energy and I still get comments about it. People are like, oh, I saw that picture of you and your son and I love it. And it's just amazing. Um, and it gave me the chills when I looked at it. So they, so they respond to the art, but then they're also, they're responding to the art on its own merits and they're responding to me as the artist, which is a very, very, very interesting thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I applaud your courage. You. you know, and it makes me think how whiny I was about just getting a headshot done. <laughs> I mean, really perspective here, right? A little bit of perspective. Um, that's, you know, amazing. And 
so um, I, we want to hear more about this because uh, I was very curious, again, where you um, got into a little bit about uh, an inheritance through mm-hmm. your ancestral lineage, which we all, mm-hmm. which we all have. And so when we come back from break, uh, we're going to look at that okay. and um, find out a little bit more. Was that the same? Was that the same set of pictures? It was you... all in the same weekend. They were oh all sort goodness. of created. That the actual like taking of the pictures was in the same weekend. And I usually don't plan so much with my pictures. I do a lot of sort of creative work beforehand, but I don't sort of plan details out. But for these photographs. I planned everything. I planned the backgrounds. I planned the props that were in them. I planned everything that was in the photographs I actually planned. And because it was so planned and I knew exactly sort of all the elements that I needed, we were able to do it all in one weekend. But the the sort of when the pictures came to me in mm-hmm. like the four that came to me, it was, I mean, 25 years over ago. Over years. Over the, yes. over, you know, yes. like over a definite, yeah. different yeah, That's interesting. You know, it makes me wonder, because of the work that I've done, it makes me wonder if those weren't the periods where something inside of you mm-hmm. was was making itself mm-hmm. known or felt mm-hmm. before it becomes manifest in the physical world. Yes. Interesting. Yes. All right, we're going to take a short break. And um, when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit more about Rebecca's healing journey and the wonderful art that came out of it. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Katherine Potter. I'm talking to Rebecca Lippiat, a um, commercial and uh, artistic 
photographer who was telling us about how she turned um, her healing journey into these amazing pictures. You know, I've got to say, one of the pictures you had uh, that you took of yourself where you were holding the skull and, was it an apple? No, it's a heart. A heart, yes. yes. Sorry, that's what you said. Um, Reminded me of some tarot images. Some of your pictures that I looked at actually reminded me of some tarot images. And I thought, wow, she's got something. You could do a tarot deck (laughs) in your spare time because I know you're not busy at all being in business for yourself. (laughs) But they they were very compelling and I think for other people or even like a smaller deck. Look Mm -hmm. at this. I mean, giving you a new project, a smaller (laughs) deck that people could just pull one of those brilliant pictures a day for the thought the day (laughs) anyway so um when I was looking at your blog and I saw some of the pictures associated with it you had this um really compelling headline and I don't know if that was what you named a particular piece and was integrity versus despair you are in your grandmother's ovary yes (laughs) Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that okay so um part of the Part of what I went through having cancer, and I'm fine now, by the way. Everything's everything's good. I had my ear ear checkup, and I'm finishing the oncologist, and I just have to get checkups every six months, but I'm good. But anyway, part of of part of the the pain, the emotional pain of of having a cancer diagnosis. The the biggest part of the emotional pain for me was potentially leaving my children. That was the the scariest thing for me, um, and. I ended up going to, luckily in Edmonton and in Canada, we have, uh, through the public health care system, I had access to counseling, um, nice. which was wonderful um, through the, and, and through specifically through the cancer centers. So everybody who has cancer has access to counseling, which is wonderful. Um, so my biggest, my biggest interior pain really was about potentially abandoning my children. Um, I, my mother had left when I was a baby and I only met her when I was 21 and she is not in my life. She was sort of briefly in and out of my life, but never particularly wanted to be a mother. So, I mean, that's a huge abandonment wound right there. And, and so I have always been, very committed to being a mother. I was, when I became a mother, it was a very thoughtful decision. Will I be able to be a mother? Will I be able to parent my children the way that I was not parented by my mother? Will I be here for my children? So when I got cancer, it was terrifying the thought that I could potentially leave my children. And, you know, I can't die. I can't leave my kids. Mm-hmm. I have to be here for my kids. That was the, the the scariest part. And I had a wonderful counselor. And he said to me, he said, if you died, they would have a dead mother. And a dead mother is a very different story than an abandoning mother. And it just, and that just uh, sort of, everything just kind of fell into place then. And, and it made me feel like, oh, okay, that would, that would be horrible for them. It would be terrible, but I wouldn't be abandoning them. And that was always my greatest fear because I was abandoned, that I was, oh, I was terrified of abandoning my children. And so his statement there really helped me helped me put that to rest. But I still knew that I needed to do some more work. Deeper on, work. Yes, some deeper yes. work to re, to heal that abandonment within myself. I've done, I mean, a lot of healing work 
over the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the abandonment piece is something that comes up over and over again. And I really believe that if something keeps coming up over again, it's because you haven't healed it. And you think you healed it, and you're pretty sure you healed it, and then boom, it comes back again. And you're like, oh, damn, I really thought that I had healed it. So I knew that that piece still needed to be healed. So one of the things I had done was a guided meditation and to to go to the root of the abandonment issue. And as I was going to the root of the abandonment issue, my mother had left me and then she had also been adopted. Mm-hmm. And so she was carrying the abandonment issue, um, abandonment energy. And then in the guided meditation, I realized that my grandmother had during World War II been abandoned in some way, whether her family was killed or whether she was a refugee. I don't know. I have no idea what her actual story is, but the feeling I got was that her parents were killed or taken away from her. She was taken away from her parents. And in that moment, moment she created the abandonment energy or the abandonment energy was created within Mm -hmm. her and then when she had her child she passed that on to her who was my mother and then my mother passed that on to me and in having my children and in being very deliberate about becoming a parent I healed a lot of that so I'm not passing it on to them but it still was within me so part of having the the cancer and being worried about abandoning my children and dying, potentially dying and, and, and leaving them meant that I had to, in this, in this guided meditation, what I did is I integrated sort of like I visually integrated my mother and my grandmother inside of me. And I really wanted to create a visual of that and so I did with my boys. So in in the photograph, I'm I'm holding my boys' hands, and I'm they're standing strong beside me because I am a really good mother, and mm-hmm. and I've raised them well, and they're and they know how much they love, like they absolutely know how much they're loved. Um, and then I I got a photograph of my mother, and then I put it in my like sort of in my solar plexus area, and then I found a photograph of who I imagine my grandmother to be, um, a child who would have been around 10 to 15 during World War II. And then I put it inside of her mother. And that sort of is like the reverse representation of when a woman is pregnant, she, with, with a female child, she actually has, that female child has ovaries. And in those ovaries is the next generation so there's actually three generations inside one body so so visually that was what I was creating so it was sort of the juxtaposition of I am a good strong mother and I have these great boys and integrating those women who came before me into myself so brilliant and um and compassionate and what we were talking about so I love the visual you really do need to turn these into cars <laughs> I love the visual and um and I love the compassion I'm hearing and I think it's all everybody's journey that mm-hmm. each generation has an opportunity to take um patterns that we've inherited and maybe mm-hmm. bring them into the light yes. in a different way yes. and and we have more resources than previous generations mm-hmm. did you know than you know a couple of generations ago and and we're walking, I think, a journey that 
we don't always understand it's like a relay race mm-hmm. right yes. somebody could go so far with it in their generation the next mm-hmm. generation can go a little bit further based on where we are in society and mm-hmm. then usually you know in my work with people inevitably there is the person who comes in and they don't know it but they're going to bring that owie out into the world yes. to be seen so they have an opportunity to work with it in a more conscious way. Mm-hmm. It's because our sto- stories are buried, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I'm hearing you say. You just brought it out. And, you know, Rebecca, I, I say this to a lot of people, but what I'm really hearing with you is the understanding of the gift of, of really challenging crises that you yes. went through. <laughs> That I don't, and I don't mean that in a light way at all, because I am hearing you talk about the gift of it. Mm -hmm. And we can get pretty judgmental. Uh, um, When people are exploring and discovering themselves, we can get really judgmental when we see other people have um, uh, any sort of health Mm -hmm. issue or ourselves, and we want to hide it. And so, well, bravo, kudos to you, because instead of hiding it, you brought it out for other people uh, to see and be inspired mm-hmm. by. And again, that takes so much courage. And it was beautiful, beautiful art, Thanks. right? And there's beauty in the shadow, not yes. just what is brilliant and light mm-hmm. and nice, right? And yes. so, yeah, well done. Thank well you. done. And so I'm hearing that you... Um, you're, you said you have sons, two sons? Two sons, yes. And so they were part of the healing journey, weren't they? Because, Absolutely. Um, you would have had to, how old were they when? when they were, this is last year, so they would have been 12 and 13 last year. Mm-hmm. And 13 and 14 this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I have two stepdaughters as well. But it's, I mean, my issues with them are not so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not that sort of familial um, patterning. that I I worry about so yes and I often say with my boys that they saved they've saved my life on a number of occasions because my my love for them is so strong because the talking about familial patterns when the the situation that I experienced with when I was pregnant with my son was exactly the same situation that my mother experienced but it, the genders were reversed but when she was pregnant with me um, and the separation they she had separated from my father at that time and I had separated from my husband at that time and very much it was my son who was inside of me who I have to live for you I have to <laughs> I have to I have to be here for you and this is my role and 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 I and I and I don't say that in a self-sacrificing kind mm-hmm. of way because I think sometimes that that can be a I live for my children can can yes. kind of be a sacrificing yes. thing, but it's not. It's a I have I. It, it's very much a it's a give and take relationship, and it's very much a soul relationship. Yes, I am their mother in this lifetime. Yes, but I think our our relationship goes deeper than this lifetime. Yes. Yes. What a gift to them. Yes. What a gift to them. And yes. I hear what you're saying. Yes. It's and not- I want to heal heal the pattern so they don't have to carry it. I mm-hmm. think that's been I think that's one of probably one of my biggest gifts to them is to heal as many patterns as I can so they don't carry it on. Or to bring them to the light. Mm-hmm. I think once I, I think once we bring something out to the light and it can be seen, yes. then we know we have different choices. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hearing you 
say that you've done that on so many levels, mm-hmm. like you took it from the darkness within, and yes. I don't mean dark in a negative mm-hmm. way, but the hidden, mm-hmm. and you brought it into the light. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so amazing. Thank you. You are just brilliant. So we are getting ready to go to break, and when we come back, we will find out more about uh, Rebecca's wonderful journey. So stay tuned. Thank you, Catherine. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm speaking to Rebecca Lipiat, and she's a photographer, and she's been telling us about how photography also became part of her healing journey and then became part of these wonderful art pieces that you have created. And, um, Rebecca, you have an an interest in in archetypal energy and the archetypes, correct? Tell me a little bit more about that. And I... I didn't really realize what I was doing. So when I was in when I was in counseling, my counselor was a he was a Jungian or he had studied in the Jungian tradition, and um, one of the things that I had to sort of meet with was um, in there's a somebody who followed Jung called Eric Erickson, and he came up with the eight stages of development, and one of those the the final stage is called integrity versus despair, and that's usually what people come to at the end of their lives. And for most people, it's in their 70s or 80s or 90s, you know, like when they're they're close to the end of their life. But for people who've, who face a potentially life-threatening illness, that can often come earlier. So that was kind of what I had had done was, the, you know, 
and it's it's a balance of your life. Do am I happy with my life? Was my life good? Did I do the things that I wanted to do? Did I meet my goals? Um, do I feel good about my life? So that that final stage is called integrity versus despair. So when I had made this series of six photographs, which you can see on my blog. Um, I had taken them and I had taken them into my psychologist and he was so excited about them because he looked at them and he's like, there's so much in here. There's so many archetypes mm -hmm. in here. They have like the, the, the picture of me with the sacred heart is um, like, I mean, that's, I mean, that's like sort of a classical, like this, the, the classical mother piece, um, which is, which is really quite fascinating. And then there's a, another photograph of my son and I um, together and we're, we're, facing opposite directions I'm upside down and he's right side up and he's and he's there's so much in here there's the water and there's the land and there's the and there's the male and the female and the and and the tension between the two of you but also the pull between the two of you and there's just so many different archetypal mm -hmm. things that I really I really believe that archetypes are something that not that we can model our lives on but to make sense of our stories because everybody has a story. And I think that the archetypes, if you look at them from like classical literature, or any kind of archetypal story, they help us make sense of our world. And I didn't, as I was doing these photographs, I didn't really understand that what I was doing was fitting my story into the archetype. But once I had put my story into the archetype visually, it made so much sense to me. And it was just a very healing place to be. Well, there's many there's many um, ancient teachings that talk about how, uh, as as you know, we become more conscious, we are all representing a, a, a particular type of archetypal energy, which is amazing. Yes. yes, yes. So I think you're telling me your Jungian psychologist also thought, mm -hmm. "Here's cards." Yes. <laughs> I'm making tarot cards now. <laughs> or even a small deck. Mm -hmm. So brilliant. So what is next for you? What's the next What's step? Next? Well, I definitely, I, at the beginning of the of, of this, our conversation, I had, you know, I, I had alluded to that perhaps I had thought about doing something other than photography. But through the last couple of years, I keep getting the message that this is what I am meant to do. I am meant to be a photographer. I am meant to share what I do with the world. So I absolutely will continue in that vein. It was very exciting to do these art pieces. Mm -hmm. And I would like to, I would, I definitely would like to do more of myself, but I would also like to do them for other people because I think doing, I think in many ways, one of the things when I went to university to do microbiology is I thought about becoming a doctor. And so I think I really have talking of archetypes. I think I really have that healing archetype within me mm -hmm. and, and I think, and, and I, and I feel like I'm coming to a place where perhaps I can marry the two of those, that healing energy that I have and also the artistic energy that I have and that perhaps I can do that for other people. And I would love to work with other people and help them tell their interior stories in the same way that I told my story. Well, I think you already have um, merged those mm -hmm. two within you, but you're, you're, you're now saying you'd like to bring this out in a more... Mm -hmm. More, more deliberate kind more of deliberate yeah. yes mm -hmm. and and so when you talk about working with other people and giving a visual um, representation of their stories you're talking about all kinds of stories yes. right <laughs> whether they be 
uh, the painful ones that mm-hmm. allowed something to birth. I mean, mm-hmm. really what you're talking about is going, uh, what people want to do is with the th- when death is, mm-hmm. you know, potentially there to consciously go through it mm-hmm. as a, as an initiation. And I'm hearing mm-hmm. you really talk about how you did that, but all kinds of stories. Is, is that what you're saying that, um, you're next. You would like that. I would too. like to. I would like to put that out to other people in the world, mm-hmm. and not just from from seeing my art, but from doing telling their stories mm-hmm. in, in in a similar kind of way, which would be similar to sort of the headshot work I do in a way where I'm, I'm pulling out stories, but it's very it's very usually quite specifically for business. Mm-hmm. But I would like to pull out people's personal stories mm-hmm. and tell them in the same kind of way, like an autobiography, but yes. visual. Yes. I love it. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait. I, I, I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that would be an amazing thing to do. And so I want to make sure that um, people have your contact information. Yes. And so your website, um, and I'm going to spell it, is RebeccaLipiat.com. So that's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-L-I. P-P-I-A-T-T dot com. And then there is, they can contact you right from your website. Yes. And um, your blog is off that site too, right? Yes. The blog is, I think there's a landing page. And then I I think that the blog is either called stories or blog or I can't, there's only a couple tabs at the top to choose from. So I think it's perfect. Yes. I think that's where I found, where I found your blog. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing openly um i think you're brilliant i I, and i really appreciate the work you do and the place you hold for other people so thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you so much for having me Catherine. it was wonderful to meet you Ah, all right and so um again if you want to contact rebecca you can through her website if you want to contact me you can email me at katherinepotter.com Shaw or Catherine Potter at Shaw.ca or go to my website, CatherinePotter.ca. And so next week, uh, we are going to have a guest on, Sky McLaughlin. She's a feng shui specialist and she is going to share a few tips on how to create a healthy, happy home. So until then, Um, This week, we want to make sure we let our inner artist out, whether we are choosing to dance or sing or take a photo or simply play in the sandbox. And so thank you um, for inspiring us to release our artist, uh, Rebecca, and I hope everybody enjoys their week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening this week. Please join your host, Catherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are ready to be 